When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hello and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. It's Sunday the 10th of December at half two and I'm joined by Tony and Andy um, after Celtic's 2-1 defeat away to Kilmarnock in the Premier League. Darren's in holiday, luckily for him. Um, so we'll just get straight into it. Celtic, Kilmarnock away, always a tough venue to go to, especially in the last few years. Uh, sorry, this season. Um, Rogers already lost this season. In the League Cup, with our treble dreams ended, and today our unbeaten league season ended there as well. Um, Tony, bring you in first. First thoughts as the game finished about 45 minutes ago. Good question. Uh, first half, I thought we were fine, um, but I thought defensively we were poor. They hit the post. We had one cleared off the line by pure luck by Alistair Johnson. And then they, they went through. I think it was flagged for offside, but it wasn't, and it missed anyway. Uh, but we had chances. We were on the front foot, and I thought we were we deserved to be ahead kind of thing. But um, second half was symbolic. And you could see it kind of coming after about, I think, five minutes of the second half. They had all these crosses coming in and all these corners, and we, we couldn't deal with it. We couldn't live with it. I think that's when the manager should have changed it. He could maybe have brought Naroki on and maybe put skills to left back and put Naroki at centre half to give a bit more physicality and a bit more support. But um, second half, probably the worst I've ever seen us play. I thought the first half against St Johnson was bad, but that against Kilmarnock was symbolic. I mean, it, it won each. At least get your draw right. Don't don't be going just kind of all out attack and, and risking losing the point. Um, but we've done that. The, the goals we conceded are laughable. Nat Phillips was was atrocious. I, I mean, if he's if he's our choice centre half ahead of Lager Belk and Naroki, then just sell them in January. They're obviously um, dreadful because uh, he's he's a poor player. He's, he's I think he's reminding everybody of Shane Duffy. Just I mean, even the own goal. I don't know where he's hoping to put the ball, and then the um. The goal they scored, he's, he's playing everybody on side. I know there's other players at fault during that, but um, I, just, I just think we're a really poor team. Um, you look at that, and I, f- I feel as though that this podcast, you could just listen to probably the one we done after Motherwell or the one after Lazio. You look at some of the players that are playing for us, and it's, it's astounding. I mean, Greg Taylor still playing, not really top level. Or the level we need, um, Mikey Johnson, James Forrest coming on to rescue a game, and you've no faith. Look, when Ange was here, and you seen maybe a badder coming off the bench for Mader Jota, you'd have a bit of belief for you seen, um, maybe Moy coming on. You thought, right, that will help us. No, whenever somebody's coming on, you go, oh fuck's sake, is Yang coming on or is Forrest coming on or whoever it may be? Even Kyogo, I don't think he scored one in the last nine. He seems to have just fell off a cliff under Rogers. Um, I, th- I think we know the issues with the board. The board are a major, major problem. But 
the day, I think you need to look at the manager and the players and just go, that was wholly unacceptable. And apparently I read the riot act against St Johnston. We started really well and done great against Hibs. Carried it on into the first half against Kelly and then just fell away again. It's just, um, it's quite it's, it's concerning. I mean, I think we've used the term a lot about sleepwalking. And I think the club have. I think, again, they've, they've tried to be fly in summer. They've tried to save money so they can obviously give themselves uh, wage rises on the board and say, look at your 70 million figure and yada yada. But if you look at the season so far, it's been pretty poor. I mean, we're technically five top of the, the league, uh, top of the league, but if Rangers win their game in hand, which they should do, it'll be cut to two points. Without the cup, Rangers are probably going to win that. Um, the Champions League campaign's been a total waste of time, and the performances have been pretty awful. So, I think um, I think a result like that was coming an actual defeat where you fully get punished for being pretty poor. And Kelly deserved their win. I think even maybe it was the last episode we were talking about the the inept people in Scottish football, and I mentioned. Um, I mentioned Derek McInnes. I mean, this guy's been a loser for a long time and he's lost countless cup finals to us, etc. And then he's doubled us already in the first six months of the season, which is horrendous. Andy, you need me, Mike. Uh, um, uh, it's just, it's, it's just uh, atrocious. Um, I don't really know where we where we go from here. Um, Feyenoord midweek... Um, I think they'll beat us quite easily. Uh, I guess I said that priorly today. I think they'll beat us 3-0. Um, and then we'll need to try and, and win the rest of the domestic games. I think they're mostly at home. Hearts at home, Levy at home, Dundee away, and then Rangers at home. So, as opposed to looking at that Rangers game as a chance to go double f- digits clear, you need to make sure you don't lose and give them the advantage in the title race, which is quite incredible to say, seeing as we were seven clear not so long ago. But... Um, Nah, the, the club's just a bit of a mess. I, know. I think um, the, the atmosphere at home games, is, as we've discussed, is, is really embarrassing. Um, I've been out sang by fucking 400 Motherwell fans and 700 Hibs fans the last two games. The board are still fighting with the Green Brigade. I think Andy touched on the last one. They phoned us up to say that we are banned for press conferences, which is fine. It's not really a big deal, but why they're focusing in, in garbage, look, us <laughs> and fighting with fans when they really should be backing the manager and come up with a, a plan to actually get the <clears throat> get us um, rolling again. But um, no, it's a far cry for the, the treble team a, a last season. And I don't know what Brendan Rodgers is thinking at the minute because uh, he could be in a beach somewhere or he could be in Saudi pissing a boot and earning absolute mega fortunes. Um, been steady here and look at. He should be beating Kelly with the, the players he's got, but the fact is, he's having to come out and talk about Mikey Johnson being one of our best ever academy players. I mean, what a lot of shite. Absolute nonsense. Um, he's having to start Nat Phillips and Scales, who was like seventh choice last season. Um, no, I think um, I think we're well in a title race. No two ways about it. And um, we're going to need to be very careful. The next um, couple of weeks are really important. And... Um, Aye, January issues. If uh, anybody at the club comes out and says it's a, a difficult window, they should be told to shut up. And um, <laughs> just uh, every window's difficult. And uh, January is really important. We need to have a very good window. We need to sign a new keeper, a new left back, um, maybe a new striker, and uh, a new midfielder. Aye, I don't disagree with what you say there. I think people will harp on about recruitment and the board, and that's that's fair. But the day to me was an outlier for that. It was just like the the manager Scotty carry the can along with the players. It's, it's all right. People have used the board as a bit of a kind of um, just easy an easy out, and you can harp about it in the Champions League, of course you can, because we're getting shown up for the lack of recruitment, the lack of pre- preparation that went into the summer. But like instances like the day, um, first half you're you're involved in a really good game. I mean, we started really well. We should have scored three or four in the first half. Um, o, who looked like a world beater on Wednesday night, looked like a competition winner. Couldn't get on the end of simple crosses into the box, putting them out of the bar, falling about. And you just think that it's. And I don't want to harp on about O, because I like O a lot. I've been on this podcast singing his praises, but 
he kind of summed up our season so far today where it's just the lack of true consistency and the stop start nature of the season. Every time you think you've turned a corner, like I thought we turned a corner on Wednesday night, you get away with the bad first half last week, then you put four again, four in a good, a decent enough Hibs team, but we played with a lot of hunger. They, they came out and went after Hibs and then the day of the first half, at half time, I think this would be a great three points to get because Kelly are a good team. They've got a really good defence. The team, have got they play for each other. They're, you know, they've got a good home record. But after 50 minutes of the second half, you're like, if we don't see this out at one nothing, we're not going to win the game because they're never going to score again. Kerry, no threat in the second half. Um, Kelly just decided to go after the ball in the second half and we had no answer to it. Um, O'Reilly, I mean, I, I, I picked O'Reilly out on Twitter. I feel kind of bad about it because, you know, he's probably been my best player this season. But I just thought with the, the space that he got in the second half because... Um, Kelly midfield just decided to go after Scales and Phillips it should have been a lot better and then it should have been in the game a lot more but then I think he was marked out of the game by by Finlay um, for, but I don't want to give him any credit on here um, but just Andy second half how flat was it compared to the first half as at Johnston because we were all worried at half time against St Johnston and then you turn the corner but how how concerning is it to you that they've got back to... Because I think that was worse than the performance against the Johnson. Um, how concerning is it for you that they've got back to basically looking like a team that's never played together before? I would agree with you. I think that it probably was worse um, than that half against St. Johnston. I think it was, as you say, that Kelly changed their game plan at half-time, really getting more faces, pressured their two centre-halves and didn't have an answer. Um, neither one of the centre-halves are good enough for Selic. I mean, people gave themselves a bit of comfort blanket, William Scales, um, because he wasn't making an arse of it completely, but him and Phillips, just criminal, completely criminal, inept on the ball. Like, the way we play it, it's start, your attack starts for the back line, and it broke down at the back line every single time. We, we, didn't, we didn't create any chances, really. And that second-half, um, Greg Taylor, another one, just, just rotten. Um... But I mean, I said it to you is that there's maybe four out of that entire starting eleven that should be at Selig, really. Um, the rest of them, they've just nearly any business being here. But it's just complete mismanagement from top to bottom as to why they aren't. And again, the same goes for the bench, realistically. Kyogo and I don't know if you want to be fair and maybe give Bernardo Norokia a buy because... Naroki, you've obviously not seen much in Bernardo's coming in alone young. Like I say, there, there might be a there might be a player there longer term, but the rest of them, nah, just shouldn't be here at this point. And as I say, the vast majority of the starting eleven just shouldn't be here. They're not good enough. There's players in that team that would struggle to get in the ca- fucking Kelly team. Um, and I, I, I don't doubt for a second that a lot of them in a year, two years' time, will be playing for teams like Kilmarnock, guys like Nat Phillips. He'll be playing for some fodder. In the English Championship, um, in an hour year or so, Scales will be back at fucking Aberdeen, playing for Kilmarnock himself. Taylor, I don't even know where the fuck he's going to go. Um, the way he's been performing at times, like Johnston, I don't know what he'll be up to. He'll be at Hibs or something. Like just riddled with absolute shite throughout the entire team. Um, but again, it doesn't excuse the performance levels, and it doesn't excuse the way the players have been going about their business. Um, just shite bags. It's, it's it's hard because you you've seen wee clumpsies here and there. Um, but like if you look at the goal, McGregor tracking back. He's, I thought he was towing a caravan. But Liam Scale just completely fails to engage the player. I don't know. He just gave the boy the fucking freedom in a back line, and then Phillips was just playing his own line, doing what the fuck he wants. Like time and time again, it's just simple errors. That they shouldn't be making. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I don't. I don't have an explanation for it, other than just complete. They're just inept. Just completely. Just out their depth at points. Um, but I agree. Like the full second off, you knew it was coming. I mean, not even only this game has been coming for, for a number of weeks now that we were going to go and lose that sort of undefeated streak domestically in the league, but. 
it's been coming and you felt it that second off. We just did. We think we could we could play the rest of the night. We wouldn't score a second goal. Um, chance creation was pff, honestly probably the worst I've seen as, as a second off performance at a Celtic in fuck knows how long. Um, but that's it. Really, is up there. Um, I I just don't know really where they go from here and then again I've seen a lot of fucking stuff levelled at the manager as well and I think there's blame on both sides I think Rodgers has been a bit I feel like he's almost done that thing he's just trying to make a point to the to the ninth degree and it's, it's no starting to harm us because we're, we're realistically just dropping points left right and centre and then again it, it falls in the door of the players that that's just far for good enough. It really is. Like, it's back to that old thing. Like, do they really want to be there? Do they want to be playing? Like, have they got the heart and the desire to bring it out there against players who, well, if you look at teams like that, like, that's that's their big game. That's their every every time they play a team like us, it's their cup finals and they go out and they get a hundred percent. And like you say, it, they would have fucking they would have taken a bullet for each other in that park. And you can tell that in the way they went about their business. And it's the entire opposite for us. But Danny, I think the reality is a massive clear out is needed. Look, we've let ourselves get into this position. Um, we should have been so far ahead this season already, but continually just making an arse of it. I mean, Europe's probably no help because we just keep fucking making an arse of that and all. And I think um, we just keep dropping stupid points and haven't put stupid performances in. and I think it, it's symptomatic of the team and in the state that the team's in. Uh, and I, I think that's the reality. You know, I think there's going to need to be a massive clear-out. Uh, I don't think... I mean, if, if you, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter already and you know it's like there's knee-jet reactions and people going a bit. Um, and they're, they're harping back to Angie's teams and Angie's seasons. Like, listen, I've no doubts in my mind that if we had a full start in eleven. We would have won that game, and because uh, but the different the difference between that is that our first eleven are actually pretty good when you bring in black guys like Tati and guys like Maeda, and their quality can bring you through games. But it's a squad game. You've got twenty five, however many players that you need to rely on, and the bulk of them aren't good enough. They're not at the standards that's required, and the managers making some decisions which are, are, are there to be questions and they should be questioned they shouldn't be able to just avoid or a, any sort of criticism that's levelled at him, um, a lot of it does fall in his door but a lot of questions he'd asked to certain players and the performances that certain players are putting in because they're just far for good enough um, but I, I think we've, we've let ourselves fall into what's going to be a, a title race I think that's it was in our hands that we, we could have been far and away them through Danny, but performances like that is it's, it's the reason that we'll fail into this position, and it's it's worrying to say the least because I think we are. I just I don't know how you turn around that squad because how the fuck do you sell a guy at Liam Scales to another football team? Do you know what I mean? I, I just don't understand how we've allowed ourselves to get into this position. But again, that's, that's I think there's, there's a mediocrity that's seeping right out the club at the minute and. I've got a point I want to make later on um, before we wrap it up, but I'll, I'll not make it now. Um, I, I, I agree with, with me, what you said. I think the only thing is injuries happen during seasons. Suspensions happen. Players get injured. We get players sent off. The fact that we've not got players to come in and replace these players, of course you can't replace them like for like because you know that's why they're the first team and that's why the other players are reserves. But like R- Johnson, Forrest... Um, scales like they're three players that weren't even I know Scales is away in loan at Aberdeen right but he didn't shine at Aberdeen it, you never watched Scales play for Aberdeen last season and go do you know what he could do well on our team it's a, people were harping back to the Ryan Christie loan at Aberdeen but Christie was actually affecting games for Aberdeen um, looked like a good player and yet, still, nobody really said, well, he's got to bust into our team now. Christie still came out of nowhere. Um, with Scales, it's just, he came in, he, he came in for a few games. I don't think he overly impressed at all. 
and he's kind of a bit like Scott Bain. Scott Bain made a solid career out Morelos hitting the post for two years. Scales has kind of made a career out of Rangers not going to be able to take any chances and suddenly three, three months later he's not been out of the team. He's played in every Champions League game which should show which should show up the the, the lack of recruitment the lack of preparation in, in terms of Europe but the day like Forrest came on I, I can't remember him doing anything worth no apart from getting the ball away and keeping Kelly up the park at the end of the game Taylor's drop off this season has been has been really poor and I'm somebody that's been a big big fan of Taylor but I, I couldn't tell you I think he's had two or three good games this season but judging by his standard last year I don't know if he could call them good games um, I don't know if he thinks he's seen Burnaby half I, Burnaby's probably seen himself half but he's just get lazy he's just get comfortable I don't know um, but he's it's it's too it's too easy to say it's too easy to say that oh, Rogers is making him play as a traditional fullback again when he should be playing as inverted. He's been playing in the middle of the park and he's been every bit as poor as he was before he started coming inside again. Um, and anyway, the fullbacks in our team don't offer anything going forward. Whether they're in the middle of the park or whether they're in you know at the touchline, their job should just be to give the ball to a couple of the, the players in front of them that are better on the ball. They, they, they shouldn't have been asked to the end. Thingy like Johnson, I think Johnson's a terrific defender. I think he stands up well, um, usually. Um, although the day him and Taylor don't they stopped one cross going into the box between them. Both goals came for crosses. Uh, or out wide. The second goal was a complete joke. But the second goal, we're breaking forward. Somehow we've got about seven or eight players in Kelly's box. Johnson just stone it up to the back post and he hits a ball, a cross goal on the flare. That's the first defender, and 20 seconds later we're behind it. I know Phillips is getting a lot of stick for the second goal because he played everybody on side, but when it was like fucking five on three or something, and his natural reaction is going to be to, to drop a bit deeper to try and give himself more time to react, but um, McGregor doesn't follow his man skills, kind of gives the ball up, uh, let shows the boy where to put it, and but that's just Kerry wanting it more. The second tough, the two goals that we lost, the first goal, I don't know what I don't know why Phillips has went for it like that. He's just flung a leg in to see what happens. He'd done that three or four times when trying to defend. Um, but again, Rogers, like I was talking to, um, I was going to say a friend of the podcast, <laughs> Burnsy, but he he said um, I was talking to him after the game, and I'd said like Rogers made a change against Atletico Madrid at home where he changed the game. I think he took Palma off and put Phillips on and it got us a point because the game was going the complete other direction and he brought Phillips on and it steadied us up at the back and we got away with a draw. He's not made a sub like that since or before. It's all, I don't know if he just goes into autopilot in the league and like you see as soon as Kerry scored, Kyogo's getting ready to come on. Kyogo should have come on 20 minutes earlier when it was obvious that Kelly was saying, right, well, we're not going to try and win the midfield battle now, we're just going to fucking throw the ball forward and everybody's going to go chase it. Me, pro, uh, you know, Everton's reactive, I think we've said that before on here, but there was no, right, right, Kelly are doing this, so let's, um, before they day score, let's make a change and shore up. Again, I think Rogers just goes through the motions at times, and I know he's trying to make, well, it looks like he's trying to make a point, but what point is he trying to make? If why, like, is he trying to show up the lack of recruitment? We've had that discussion before. It still should be, should still be getting away with beating teams in Scotland. If, if he's looking to prove a point, it should be in Europe, where we are grossly fucking underprepared. But there's just a mediocrity that's seeping right through us at the minute. And, like, you've seen it coming. You, you've seen, like, both Achilles goals coming. It was... You don't even get angry to it now because it's like, well, uh, uh, there it goes. And then after the game, you start like getting angry because you're like, how the fuck have we ended up in this mess? And we're top of the league. <laughs> we're top of the league. We were seven clear. I think we've been ten clear with them having a game in Hornet stages. But Tony, we are staring down the barrel of playing them in the 30th. Having to win to stay top of the league. That's just... Before the Hibs game, when we were seven clear, that's just unbelievable, isn't it? That we've let ourselves get into this state. I, I think, um, I think if you look at the season so far, our best two kind of assets have been Matt O'Reilly and Michael Beale. If it wasn't for Michael Beale, I think we would be 
we would be chasing. Um, well, I think if, if, if both teams win other games, I think we'll be sitting eight ahead come the game we play them. We haven't, um, they will have two games in hand. Um, but if they drop any more points, they could be looking to come to Parkhead to get the win, and then that would put them um, in the driving seat for the title, which is quite incredible. Um, seeing as it only feels like a couple of months ago when um, Aberdeen beat them and we went we went well ahead. Um, I think Brendan's come out in his interview again and just basically says we're working with the players we've got. But if you keep coming out in interviews and saying basically these players are shite and I need to get to January to get new players, they can't be doing much for their confidence. Um I would rather Rogers be more direct and say, you know what, this border a shower of cunts and they've um they've led me down the garden path, they've taken the piss out of the fans again, and uh, that's the reason we've got all these bad players. I would rather he was more direct as opposed to kind of skirting on it. See if he was to come out and go, look, I'm resigning. The board have done what they done to me a few years ago. They don't want to invest, they don't really know what they're doing, and uh, you should offer a test to get them sacked. Brilliant. That would do me if, if that. I think he would get done as a legend if he'd done that, but um, he won't. Um, I, I just think that there's nobody as good as giving their opposition confidence than us, whether it's on the field at times where we make really silly passes and put ourselves under pressure, whether it's our board deciding to fight with our two biggest fan groups over stupid stuff. Her brother, it's her board just letting Rangers just get right back in there when we've got a chance to, to shoot off into the sunset. We've got a terrible habit of it. You'd almost fucking think it's deliberate at times. Um, no, we're, we're, we're in deep trouble because I think there's, there's such a, as you say, it's a kind of malaise around the club the now where you're kind of dragging yourself out the house to go to games and there's no real enjoyment to it, and you're kind of you're wondering what Celtic are we going to get the day. There's no consistency. The atmosphere is flat as it can be at home games. Um, ah, it's just it's really just it's stale. Um, and I think that as I say, the only thing that's really kept us top is the fact that Rangers have have been worse, and I've said a million times that can be your um a benchmark because they've run really poorly as well. So. Um, it's, it's just it's, it's just been a, a really it's still been a very enjoyable start to the season I know people say you're spoiled you're five clear and stuff like that but it just really hasn't been enjoyable apart from a few games Hearts away um, Aberdeen away was a bit of slog Rangers away I don't think we were great but it was obviously a fantastic result Athletic and Madrid two each we played well no other games Hearts away as I say was, was probably the best of the lot but um I think um, I think it's hopefully a wake up call for a lot of people. I know a lot of people just kind of go, "Oh, we'll look at them; they're worse," and yada yada yada. But this time we've dropped points and we've been punished because they'd already they'd already cut the gap. But um, it's just it's wholly unacce- unacceptable for how much we've regressed. And uh, I've never known a club that have had so many opportunities to kick on to the next level and their board are that poor um, that they make an asset and just. Aye. Um, I think you're right. It, in terms of the fans, like the, the board, um, with the Green Brigade and stuff, I seen the Green Brigade and boys banners were there the other day. I don't know if any of the, they were actually at the game, but this is and it's not it's not a quick fix. It's not as if they say, Oh, we're gonna let the Green Brigade back in and everything's gonna be alright again. But they're, they're not that daft, right? But they just keep they keep letting we fat factors like that just plug away at any positivity at the club um, and just kind of create negativity and it, it creates complacency. Um, it's it's as if they, I don't know, things are going well and the board just get in their way. It was the same last season with, with Postacoglu, everything was going great and then all of a sudden, oh, here's Peter Lowell back to be chairman and you're like, it's as if they just, or the Bernard Tiggins stuff, it's as if they just let like getting in their own way um, and we'll never progress if that's got to be their mentality. I mean, you hear reports, we don't know how true they are, but a couple of years ago when things were really bad under Lennon, you could have sacked Lennon three months before. It wouldn't have made any difference to 
our season. You know what I mean? It wouldn't, you know, we might have gave ourselves maybe not ten percent of a chance of winning ten in a row, but whatever. Um, it probably wouldn't have made any difference. But you could have sacked him justifiably for like November onwards, and yet he hung out until February. And we're hearing it's because the ball didn't like the attitude of some of the fans and decided to keep in there because Lennon was a club legend or whatever. Um, and it's hard enough to beat everybody else if the board does just want to beat the fans first. Um, but enough about, about this game. It was a poor ninety, poor forty five minutes. It's a poor result. It gives one team a lot of hope. It gives another team a lot of headaches. Um, don't even. I mean, Thursday, <laughs> Wednesday night, we're playing Feyenoord at home in the Champions League. Um, before the group, you're looking at Feyenoord at home last game of the group, thinking, well, God, it'd be great if we'd something to play for. Um, of course, we've not got anything to play for, and it's a complete dead rubber. Um, and we're staring down the barrel of another Champions League campaign with one point. Um, because Feyenoord have got something to play for, Celtic don't, and that usually doesn't end well for Celtic. So, Andy, do we just do do we just hope that the game finishes as soon as possible, or is there anything to be gained for this? Like. Is it going to is anything going to be achieved if um O scores his first goal in the Champions League or Celtic get that a win in the Champions League? Is it is even if they were to get that first win in ten years at home, it, does it make any difference or is it just a monkey off the back or or is it just a case of wake up Thursday morning and start looking forward to the rest of the season? Uh, I don't know, it's one it like I think realistically you're sort of hoping just to get in and out and it's really damage limitation for the get go that game I think as has been said look, even the factors out with that 90 minutes like the board are too busy fucking still fighting with fans so you know a lot of people like myself included they'll be dragging themselves along to that game and it'll be flat the atmosphere will be rotten which which it has been for long enough now um, you'll be sitting there hoping and praying that you don't take a fucking doing, which is entirely possible. Um, I, I don't even know what the manager does. Like, do you go out and play a pretty strong team and try and win the game, or do you gear the guys on maybe in the fringes of sort of Champions League games and who've not had as many minutes a chance to go and perform or sort of make their mark on the game? So it puts me in mind that when Ange changed the team about, I think it was against Betis a few uh, a couple of years ago in the Champions League. And they get a good performance and a good result. But obviously not the exact same, but just similarities to the game when the manager made changes. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I think realistically, you're you're just hoping that it's it, it, it's not a doing because they really could find out are a better team. Um, and and we're a mess you now, a total mess. Um, and, and the players that we've got at our disposal could, could turn up and, and, and take a doing after them. Um, even if they played reasonably well, they, we could still turn up and lose 2-3. Um, and again, it's it's just a lot of any feel-good feelings that we had are, are just being drained by the performances, by the boardroom. Everything is just sort of being sucked at the club and I think you make a good point that it's when you talk about basically the, the shite that we've had to put up with and um, even any time things are going well there's always seems to be another fucking calamity just around the corner um, often entirely our own fault but on that game I, 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 I don't even know what the, what the manager does I, I don't know how you go about it because it's one of them if he's out and gets full strength you have everybody going after tits if somebody gets injured um if Kyogo starts and, and takes a hit or something, but it's, it's one of them you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, but it's just it's just the position that we're in now. I, I don't think mentally you can afford to take a, a five or six. I, I think we've got to go and, and go to hopefully put in a decent performance. Um, I don't see us winning the game, I don't even see us drawn. I think it's in a it's in Feyenoord's interest to go and win. Um, so they'll be coming up, you would assume, full strength. But uh, it's a worrying game for me, Danny, because it's, I mean, you never want to see us lose anyway, but 
it's one of them we've not really got much to play for. Um, the players don't look like they've got any heart and desire just now anyway, so why the fuck would them not taking an embarrassment be enough to see them over the line and getting a perform- a p- positive result or a good performance? I, j- I just don't see it. They don't have that heart and desire about them. Um, that's why we're getting out-fought and out-worked by teams like Kilmarnock. Um, that, that's really what it comes down to at times. Like your football might not always work and the way we want to play might not always come off and it might not always be easy on the eye but it then comes into desire will we win do you really want um, to be on that park and do you really want to win the game of football and, and the answer for the vast majority of players at our club right now the answer to that is no they don't want they don't want to do it um so I that, that game itself is uh, it's just sort of want it over and done with as soon as possible. Um, I think the vast majority of fans will, will probably be the same. Um, will be there, will be supporting the team, but but we just want the game over and done with. The competition means nothing to us now. We've got to look and we'll, f- we'll fail into a we'll fail into a title race here. Um, due to our own performances, and let's be honest, we we're in a position to know that if it wasn't for Rangers being so fucking bad and managed for the top to bottom worse than us, then we would be in a far, far worse position. Um, I completely agree with Tony. Well, if, if we do win the title and we get to the end of the season, Michael Beale should be getting a winner's medal off of us. Um, but that's, that's the position that we're in. Um, nothing's going to change short term. But ah, yes, that, that game I just want to undone me as soon as possible. Get Get out without getting embarrassed. Don't don't take any injuries, and just move on to the next game. Um, and and hopefully we can we can no make an arse anything else before the January window opens. And I mean, taking a fucking minor medical that the board will actually go and do anything and, and back the manager and change this this squad around. But that's really the only hope that we've got just now because I think if nothing really changes come the end of that window, then we are in for. <sighs> Tony, you were big on Celtic just winning a game in the Champions League, whether it was home and away, especially at home, given the poor record over the last few years. Does that mean that Wednesday's still important to you, or if they basically <laughs> if they take all your enthusiasm away and you're just hoping for the Champions League campaign to be done? Um, which seems to be a familiar feeling after two or three games every year. We just look forward to the end of it. Well, it's important, but I'm also not enthusiastic about it. It's important because they're playing for Celtic and the Champions League campaign has been has been dreadful. But am I enthusiastic? Oh, enthusiastic about the game? No. Um, do I think we'll win? Absolutely not. And I think as well. I think the the players that play that game just aren't good enough for the Champions League level. And I think. Everybody knows that, the fans know it, the managers know it, the players probably know it, and the board know it, so it's, it'll be interesting to see a lineup for the Champions League game, I think. Some of the, the players that have started for us in the Champions League this season has just been it's been incredible, actually, if you'd have told anybody in, in May that this would have been the, these players would have played in major Champions League games for us, you would have been laughed at. Um... So, no, I, th- I think we'll get beat quite comfortably. I don't think Feyenoord have any to play for. I think they've guaranteed third. Um, but they, they want they want to obviously come and win, and I think they'll do so quite easily. They're a better team than us. Um, I just I, I don't see how we win. If we win, it would be be good to get the kind of monkey off your back, and then any other time you play in Europe, if you don't win, you don't need to read big mad stats, last 16 games out of one, and then it goes on and on and on. So... Be good to win, it maybe give the players a bit of a boost. Um but I think again it'll be flat, we'll be outsung by probably a couple of thousand Dutch fans. Um I think there'll be quite a few Dutch fans actually in the Celtic end as well, for what I've seen in some of the Celtic groups. So um I would rather we be um what do you call them? Uh hearts at the weekend, but um Yes, enthusiasm's left me again, I feel as well. It's been, it's been very stop-start. Stop, We've had no consistency this season. We've put in one good performance in, a dreadful performance in, a half-arse performance. So um, I'm pretty... 
this is a part of me I can't wait for the season to end. I know that sounds dreadful. <laughs> but it's just, ah, oh, it's just, you do get so fed up. But there's such glaring problems at the club that you want resolved and you just know, are they going to be resolved? We spoke about that Peter Lowell's never going to sack his cell and sack his son. And, um, Dermot Desmond's never going to sack his pal and his pal's son or his own son. It's just, it's kind of trapped because you love the club so much, but at the same time, you just want big change. You want to become a kind of serious club in Europe and the nice to get back to beating everybody in Scotland as well. But, um, no, I'll predict 3 0 Firenord. I just, I can't even, can't even be asked to, um, kid on that I think they'll, um, I think they'll win. So 3-0 Feyenoord, then hopefully we'll get some players back and beat Hearts and just see what it takes us. But nah, it's been a pretty pretty boring season so far. I know obviously this weekend Rangers will play in the cup final, so we'll get a chance to, to get to eight clear. Yeehaw, there we go. Aye, I was going to say 3-1 Feyenoord. I think we might score, but that's about as good as it'll get for us. Andy, have you got any advance on that? Before we move on to the final thoughts. Ah, as I say, I would love us to go and win the game. I just don't see it, I think. Um, as Astrid, I don't know, I didn't even check the group there. I've, after the performances, I just gave up. I realised they've got nothing to play for, but as I say, they'll still want to come out and, and win for all the reasons that, that we're saying that it'd be good to get confidence and blah, blah, blah. And they're just a better team than us. Um, I think they'll come out and they'll, they'll have put in our performance and probably be the same. I think it might be a bit tighter. I hope so. I think they might be as two one, but I I think it's it's just a case I could So there you go. The defeat's all around. I don't think Darren even in his holiday state would predict anything different. Um just before we go, I wanted to ask you to use this, um, talking about the state of the club and everything else. And the malaise of the board since Rod, since basically Rogers left, um, which has kind of made me ponder. Maybe this is a completely wild take. It could be just a complete wild reaction to the game today. But people said the board get lucky with Postecoglou in the last couple of seasons, basically doing it all in his end in terms of recruitment and whatever. So it begs the question, where would we be if Big Ange wasn't trying to prove himself in European football? If, where would we be if he was just happy to be the Celtic manager and plod along? I mean, a lot of people are, I've seen a lot of revisionism and it's easy to say, you need to remember for the last, what, nine months, Ange, the football was also pish. But we were also sort of just just getting out of the line in games and a lot of that was doing the individual brilliance and guys like Jota and stuff but the thing is as good as it was and as good as we were at times he would have still been working with the same boardroom he'd have still been working with guys that don't allow him or don't provide him with the tools to to take us forward like, it would still be the case where we lose somebody like Jota and don't replace him it would still be the case that um, one or two injuries to his team and he would be forced to bring in guys like Mikey Johnston and James Forrest and fucking Liam Scales would be at centre half and that would still be the case for him and I think that he'd have fucking grown tired as well anyway but I, I just like, if he was just happy to be the Celtic manager I, I don't think it would be drastically different because it would still be a case of we get to a certain point and then it's regression, it's cutbacks, it's right, where can we save here? It's never, oh, we've got a great player in Hattati and a, a great player in Jota and a great player in Sarkar right, let's improve the squad so that we'll bring the guys that would name up to their level, it's never that, it's always, right, once he fucks off, get another dinner, a couple of them, we'll buy somebody half decent, it's, it's always just the same fucking attitudes in the same mismanagement for the very top of Selic and I don't see how that would have changed under Ange. I think it would be the exact same problems that we're facing. I think there would be one or two things slightly different. Um, but I think we'd be, we'd be facing the same problems. 
it, it would be the same people, uh, the same players at the club who aren't good enough. It would be the same fucking people running the club that gave James McCarthy a four-year deal. The same people who have left us with Johnston and Forrest and fucking just riddled with shite all through the team. And that would, that would, the manager would, doesn't really impact that too much. It's why we've said before, look, if Rogers isn't going to get back, what's the fucking point of him being here? Like, what would, what's the point? And I would, I would just sort of relate that to Ange as well. Like if, if he got us to the point he got us to, we had a obviously poor campaign in the Champions League, but we won the treble. That's really realistically as far as this board with our current outlook are going to let any manager take the club. That that's as far as they go. So what would be the fucking point, Einstein? What would be the purpose? And that point is the same with Rogers. What's the point if he's if they're not going to be allowed to go and truly try and push our upper limits? Nobody's saying they're going to win the fucking Champions League, but just don't embarrass yourselves. Go and put in a few decent performances, maybe get thub and drop in and see what happens. If, if they're not going to be allowed to do any things, then what's the fucking point? Go and just give the job back to Neil Lennon and we'll fucking just go through a piss up and just see what happens. Like, that, that's the point you're at, if, unless this board removed. Because, and then even when you do get a good, a good feeling about the place, They'll find some other way to piss every cunt off and make an arse any fucking relationship between club and fans and then hide behind the half-decent manager. That's just what they do. So, to answer your question, Danny, I, I don't think we would be too far off of where we are at the moment. Um, re- Realistically, if, if, if I'm asked, the change that would need to happen for Selic to go and change our model and really look to constantly improve the squad year on year it's going to, people won't like it it's going to come for Rangers, we need them to up their fucking game and stop being a mess because until such times as they really do push us and really take away they're threatened to take away that top spot consistently and that Champions League money consistently our board have got fuck all interest in progressing and that gets down to a lot of fans, a lot of fans are complicit in this as well because they only want to be better than them they don't give a flying fuck about anything else. They, we, they're quite happy to see us and clap Luka Modric off the park and take a down, but see as long as they're better than Rangers. That's all they care about. And that's how the board get away with it. So until such times as they really th- ramp up, turn up, ramp up for a full season and beyond and win that and, and threaten to take the title and take the money away from us, then things won't change. It will just continually be the same. We'll go, we'll get a decent squad together, it'll get ripped to it, we won't replace them, we'll mess about for a year or two before we go and get one or two half decent players in your mould, or whatever. And then we'll punt them. And we'll be back to the same point. I just hope that we sign one project for £500,000 and we sell them for fucking £15 million. Like that, That's just where we are. So I, I don't think it really matters. I think we would be in a similar position, if not the exact same one, if Andrew's still here. Well, you don't know if maybe Big Ange did think about staying with us and then the board maybe outlined their plans and he's went, I'll see you later on, I'm about Spurs. Um, no, I, I think we would be a bit better than we are than if, if Ange was here. Um, I, I think you're spot on. I don't think Forrest or Mikey Johnson or Liam Scales would be anywhere near the team. Um, he's like, I think he would have demanded a bit better. Um, but no, I, I, I don't I don't think we'd be as bad as we are. I don't know if, if Ange was here, I must admit, but he's no. Ange's a weak spurs and um, he's never coming back, so we'll need, to, we'll need to just hope that this board either all fuck off, which isn't going to happen, or they, um, they back Rodgers and we sign some competent football players. I agree, I agree, but I, my point was I think that we got lucky that we actually appointed a guy that had some ambition for himself and didn't he, didn't he see Celtic as a be all and end all? He actually had a bigger vision of himself and I think that we get lucky at that that he used us as a bit of a platform because um I don't know how bad it would be if if um he just kinda took what was on offer to him for Celtic because this season's been it's been a real slog so far. And you know, at the start of the season, you bring back Rogers. A lot of people, myself included, think he's a better manager than than Ange. 
a better track record. That seems to maybe be coming across as wrong now. Um, you've got the Champions League to look forward to. You go straight in, so you don't need to qualify. The you know there's no roulette of fucking qualifiers. They've let themselves down there. Um, they're not going to win a treble every year, but the way they went out of the League Cup was very similar to the day's performance. Where you just seen it coming. Um, and just we've not won three games in a row all season, which is just really bad for a club like Celtic for the position that we should be in. And we've no, you know, there you look as if you've turned a corner last week. Seven days later, we're talking about the same old shit. And January, like, there's just no excuse now. Like, if you need to overpay for two or three players to guarantee you winning the league and getting into the Champions League next season, then fucking do it. There's no excuse now. See this, it's a tough month. Well, it's a tough month for everybody. It's got to be even... But do you know what else are tough months? February, March, April and May. If we go into the fucking... The rest of the season with the shite that we've got to know, it's completely unacceptable. As uh, Man City have turned that around against Luton, which I didn't see happening 10 minutes ago. But uh, we've been here long enough. Tony, do you get any final words before we depart? Or uh, You were a bit muffled there, Tony, but I heard that Angie said sat the board, which is uh, a fun and fitting way to end so if you've listened as long as this then thanks very much I don't know if we'll cover the Firehead game um, <laughs> it might be I know they say misery loves company but we've been keeping each other company for too long now so um, we'll see what happens but I hope you've a good week um, and thanks for listening Hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.